Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Nuggets and Golden Knights are each one win away from their respective league titles. Archangelo wins the Belmont Stakes. It's U.S. Open Week in the PGA, and Novak Djokovic now owns the most Grand Slams in men's tennis history after winning the French Open on Sunday. All that and plus uh, the NFL never sleeps. Mandatory minicamps alive and well across the country. Safe to say, a great Lombardi line ahead. This show, as always, presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, our guy Michael Lombardi, holding it down out there on the East Coast at his office in Jersey. Michael, a great weekend on the sports calendar, and it's only going to get better tonight with Game 5, huh? It's great Game 5 tonight, Game 5 tomorrow night there with your Vegas Knights. we got the U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club. I mean, I've never seen it there before, so that'll be exciting to watch. And with all the live news and everybody coming together, you know, this is a good week. Uh, you know, Father's Day, I think, is Sunday, too. Yep. So, you know, if not now, when, Stormy? Exactly. You'll love to see it. Um, and a great guest list as well for us here on the Lombardi Line over the course of the next two hours coming up. In about 30 minutes, Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. We didn't get to hear from Thomas yesterday. It was his son's birthday. We'll let him celebrate. But back to getting the news behind the counter today. And then at the end of the hour, our senior NBA handicapper here at Beeson, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll get his insights and prop betting opportunities on the NBA Finals Game 5 tonight. And then in Hour 2, our guy Mike Pritchard, like he always does on a Monday, break down some of the big news and notes in the NFL. Uh, but let's start with Game 5 tonight in Denver, Michael. Nuggets on the verge of their first title in franchise history. We've seen this number tick up a little bit. The Nuggets, a 9-point favorite. Now the total up from 208.5 to 209.5. And this series price as well, indicative of how this series has really gone Denver minus 5,000 Miami a 21 a 20 to 1 dog excuse me just once in 36 NBA finals best of seven series has a team rallied back from down three games to one and that was of course LeBron's 2016 Cavs team I said yesterday I think it's a wrap but where do you sit right now that it's game day Michael you know, when you go back and watch all the four games, you almost feel like Denver hasn't even played their best game yet, right? Mm -hmm. I mean Jokic in the fourth quarter had five fouls and then we saw 
you know, Bruce Brown take over that game. Game two, they let slip away. Game one, remember, Michael Malone was complaining about how they played. I guess game three down in Miami was their best game. And it's going to require, I think, tonight Miami to be picture perfect, right? Mm -hmm. they got to attack the basket. They've got to be the aggressive team, all the loose balls. And then I know this is overly simplistic, Stormy, but they got to make threes. If they don't make three-pointers, the the game just gets away from them, and they're always playing catch-up, and that's a hard thing to do. They, you know, in game – in game two that they won, they got they got the big lead to start. Then they got down 15, and how did they get back in it? They made threes, and if they don't make threes, they have no chance. Yeah, and that incredible historic quarter where they're shooting almost 70%. They shot 50% from the floor, 50% from three. That game, 17 made three-pointers. And so that seems to be the big theme for Miami when they're having success is that you know, they're they're having this late comeback and they're hitting the three-point shots that they need to make. But for me, I just I feel like Denver has been the better team every stage of the way. They're nine and one at home this postseason. The lone loss, of course, was that game two loss. But I mean, 43 and eight when you combine the regular season and postseason at ball arena for the Denver Nuggets. I just I have this feeling that they get it done. But the the spread is a little bit of a different thing. And I know. We talk, especially in the NBA postseason, about how more often than not, the team that wins the game more often covers the spread as well. So if you like the favorite, lay the points. If you like the dog, maybe bet it on the money line. I just don't see Miami winning this game, but that number does seem big. So maybe this could be the exception to that rule. Yeah, I mean, look, one thing I think you have to take into consideration, it showed up in the fourth quarter when they did cover that spread down in Miami in the fourth game, is Denver had not been shooting the threes very well either. Miami wasn't, and either was Denver. Denver, you know, was the fourth best team in regulation in shooting threes. And as before game four, they were shooting at a 32.8% clip, which wasn't very good. And then they started hitting them. Here's what I would say. If this game is... A little out of reach with seven minutes to go, and Miami can't make a run. I think a nine, a six-point lead, eight-point lead could become a twenty-point loss. Okay. I think at some point it takes the heart out of your team. You know, we're never going to win this, and there we we're done. And they just let it slide, and there goes your point spread. That's what I would be scared about playing Miami tonight. No, that makes sense. I also think tell, – tell me your thoughts on this because I think there could be a correlated play here depending on which way you think. Like I said, I already think that the Nuggets are going to close things out. They're going to be done tonight and lift their first finals trophy in franchise history. But – Like with that thought process, I think that that lends a little bit more toward an under game when you come in to think about like the pace of play that we have seen Um, Denver in each of the three wins that they've had so far. They haven't allowed Miami more than 95 points, but in the one game that Miami won, they scored, I think, 111 in that game to win. So if you think Miami's going to win this game, if they can um, win as a three to one dog tonight. Probably going to have to get over that plus 110 range. So if you like Miami, maybe it's an over game. And if you like Denver, maybe an under. Yeah, and I I don't think Denver's defense gets enough credit. You know, I mean, we talk about how great the Lakers defense played after the All-Star break in January or February and how they were dominating the NBA. But this Denver defense has really played well. And I think a lot of it is their skill, but the length really gives Miami so much trouble. I mean, Mm-hmm. They have a hard time attacking the basket, Miami, because of the length of Porter and Gordon and all these guys. And, you know, it's it's a challenge. And Jokic is still back there. So I, I agree. I think if you're going to play Miami, 
play the over. If you're playing Denver, play the under. I think those correlations go. And Denver's defense, to me, is really, really been the unsung hero of of the finals. The other thing is, I mean, Malone is acting like he's down one three, right? I mean, he's like on this campaign, like he wants to. I mean, he's he's put all the chips in the middle of the table. Let's hear from the Nuggets head coach, Michael Malone, because um, he addressed in his press conference one of the biggest challenges that he feels his team faces and how to overcome it. My biggest concern going into any closeout game is human nature and fighting against that. You know, you're up 3-1. And, you know, there's most teams, when you're up 3-1, they come up for air, they relax, and they they just kind of take it for granted that, oh, we're going to win this. And the neat thing for us is that going back to the bubble, you know, we've been down 3-1 before, and we've come back and won, and we know anything is possible. And, uh, and that's why, like, my message to our team before we came down to the media and the open portion of practices was our approach has to be that we're down 3-1. You know, they're desperate. We have to be more desperate. They're hungry. We have to be hungrier. And uh, there is no celebrating after game four. We have another game that we have to win. And the close that game is always the hardest game ever. Well, and that's what they say, right? Winning that fourth game is always the hardest. Nikola yeah. Jokic even said they're approaching game five tonight like it's a must win, Michael. No doubt they are. And, and Stormy, look, all the pressure's on Denver. You could just yeah. hear it in his voice, right? He's talking about it. He's trying to rally the troops. And really, what he's got to avoid is a game two letdown. You know, he was irate after game two because he felt like his team didn't play with great energy. They didn't attack the, the loose balls. They, they, were, they were a little bit uh, behind all the time. They let a 15-point lead slip away. And Miami got back in the game. And Miami outworked him, as he said. Mm-hmm. And he's got that game tape to watch and to players. But more than anything, he's got Jokic. And Jokic, you could just listen to him have a conversation. And, you know, he doesn't care about the MVP. He doesn't care about how many triple doubles he gets. (laughs) He cares about winning. And when you have players in your locker room that care about that as much as they do in that locker room in Denver – That makes Michael Malone's job a lot easier. Well, Jokic might not care about the triple doubles, but better certainly do because 99% of the handle on BetMGM is on the yes for Jokic to have a triple double at plus 110 tonight. He and Jamal Murray have been really, really tremendous. But we've heard the Michael Malone side of this. Let's go to the flip side. Miami Heat and their head coach, Eric Spolstra, who similarly talked about the desperation and um, type of perspective that his squad has to have as they gravel for another win on the road. We get to compete uh, in this kind of game, you know, tomorrow night. Uh, everybody's looking forward to that. If you're a real competitor, that, that you want this. You want the feeling that you have, you know, today, tomorrow, leading up to the game, you're, you're, how you feel, you know, uh, in your heart and your stomach uh, when that ball gets tipped up. Uh, yeah, we've had setbacks. That's part of the playoffs. Tough losses. Uh, you know, our, our group has shown a resilience to bounce back and and show that defiance time and time again. Every yeah. time you count them out, they find a way so far this postseason. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Michael Corleone of the NBA, just when you <laughs> thought they were out there, they pull them back pull in, back right? In. I, I mean, look, it, I think to me it's all about, uh, you know, they're, meet, they're meeting a team that matches their competitive level. You know, and and I think that's where Denver, that's why Malone is so harping on the – he knows the team on the other side. He knows they're not giving up. He knows Mm -hmm. they're going to come and play their best. There's no quit in Miami. But there isn't enough 
quit in Denver to allow Miami. Miami's got to rely on Denver not playing well for them to win. And that's why Malone is harping on this focus and energy that he has to bring to the table. And he's focusing on his defense to hold Boston, uh, hold Miami to the 94 points that they've mm -hmm. held them in all three wins. And being at home in that environment, there's going to be a, a different feel with the potential to win a championship. So how ultimately do they handle it? Michael, I, I know you love history. So I have a good Philly quote here to end this segment on with you. The late Fred Shiro, former coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, yep. said prior to their 1974 Stanley Cup win, win now and we'll walk together for a lifetime. They ended up doing that. The Nuggets have a chance to make their mark on the history books tonight. So, uh, and and the Golden Knights tomorrow while we're on hockey. And the Golden and the Knights, Knights tomorrow. I love that quote. Great quote. And and look, it's right. I mean, the time is now. Nope. You know, you've got to take advantage. If you give them a little bit of life, they can come back. No question. All right, that little two to do to do music means we got to take a quick break. But when we come back. Turn our attention to the NFL because we're going to talk plenty of NBA over the course of the next two hours. Don't you worry. Critical Game 5 coming up tonight. But big news in the NFL, especially with regards to Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Will he or won't he show up uh, get things going here? Who knows? Who knows? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. You can open up an account. 
and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The NFL offseason rolling on. 21 teams this week will begin their mandatory mini camps. You know, a number of teams got set last week. It would be 22 if not for the Jets canceling theirs, but that's neither here nor there, Michael. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Giants. They'll start mandatory yeah. mini camp tomorrow, and Saquon mm -hmm. Barkley, their star running back, obviously will not be showing up as he's dealing with a bit of a contract dispute. And yesterday, when he was asked specifically about if he could miss 2023, he said that's a card he could play. What was your immediate reaction to hearing that? Well, I mean, it's a card he could play. I don't think he will play because he really does the team a favor when he holds out because they get game checks back. When a player gets injured during the season and he misses two, three games, the club gets no offset relief and compensation. You carry the player, you put another player in. If he decides he's going to miss games, the Giants will probably sign another running back, and then every game he misses, they'll get credited. Saquon Barkley will be paying for that running back through his salary. And so they're actually doing, they're doing them a favor. It makes no sense to hold out. The whole CBA that was done back in 2010 was built on the concept of no holdouts. Mm -hmm. It really, they don't want rookie holdouts. They don't want veteran holdouts. They don't want holdouts. And so this is really not going to prove to be effective if he decides to do it. Now, he has reasons, and he mentions this, Stormy, about why he feels not respected. I disagree, though. Well, we have a soundbite from Saquon speaking yesterday, so let's play a little bit of it here. Here's Saquon Barkley. But what I will say about the running back market and the value of it, um, what do you think is going to happen? You know, they tagged the top three guys. We didn't get a chance to hit the open market. So when we don't get a chance to hit the open market, it hurts a guy like Miles. It hurts all those other guys. Um, they put the cap at 10. And then when they have the tag, they have all the leverage. And that's the reality of it. But there is a bit, there is a personal side of it, too. When you talk about the New York Giants, um, you know, I think even Pierce came on and said it. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect in this league, and I think that's how it should be viewed. And obviously, he, he is a talent. He showed that, uh, especially his rookie season. Mm -hmm. And then last year, coming off of the, the two seasons that were yeah. mired with injury, he was tremendous and clearly a very valuable asset to New York. But what did you make of what he had to say there about the value of the running back position in the market right now? Well, I think they're giving him great respect by offering him $10 million. I mean, D Dalvin Cook just got cut because he was due to make $10 million. And, and Saquon Barkley averages 6.4 yards in the passing game per catch. You know, yes, he can run the football, and that's great, but we're not a running league. We're a passing league. Your impact in the passing game is what matters most. To me, I think they're showing him tremendous respect. And, look, the reason they're keeping him as a franchise number is because of economics. The market says that a franchise running back gets X. That's not some arbitrary number that the owners came up with and said, here's what it is. That's based on all the contracts. That's based on all the contracts. Here's what it is. And it benefits the teams to do this because the number is low for one year. But let's make no mistake about it. Barkley has to play at a level that's higher. Now, he went on to say in that conversation, Stormy, about, look, we're not the Patrick Mahomes team. We don't have Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. We need, basically, we need me at running back to carry the load. Whoa, whoa hold on. I've been saying this for six months. Every Giant fan's been accusing me of being a Giant hater. 
like the reality of it is they once they paid Daniel Jones all that money, they put a spotlight on Daniel Jones and said he's our best player. And so this problem is a tentacle of that contract. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing hardball with Saquon, and I, I understand why the nature of the position in the league, teams unwilling to give running backs big and lengthy second-year contracts, and if they're not good enough as a passing offense to have success without him, that's a problem. But with, with Saquon specifically, because we've covered kind of two sides of the coin here with the team having leverage and the holdout not being worth it if you're Saquon Barkley, but also the team really, really needing him. So, like, who needs the other more in your mind right now? Well, I mean, I think they both need each other, but certainly the Giants need Saquon. But you can't make decisions based on need. you got to make decisions based on the right thing to do, which is something the Giants hadn't hadn't done until they they brought Brian Dayball and Joe Shine in now. You know, they're going to have cap room next year. Now, they'll have some free agents, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, that they're going to have to sign. But for the first time, they won't be operating under the constraints of having no cap room. Remember, the worst thing you could be in football is a bad team with no cap room. I mean, that's really the worst. And that's where the Giants were, right? (laughs) Bad team, no cap room. And so they're trying to clean up the mess of the past, and as they're doing that, they can't make another mistake because they're loyal to Saquon. Look, you could, they could sign Kareem Hunt for probably very little money and put him out there. And how much of a difference would there be between Kareem Hunt and Barkley? There would be. But would there be $10 million, $12 million? I don't know. Coming off a playoff appearance last year, win total to 7.5 this season. They are a 6-1 to one third on the board in the very competitive NFC East this year. The Eagles' favorite looking to repeat for the first time since 04. Uh, Josh Jacobs in the Raiders, a very similar situation here as well. And he tweeted something a little bit cryptic this week. Said, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. Um, he, too, yeah. is trying to work out a long-term deal. I mean, it's admirable to try to take, you know, to be the path setter, to be the uh, guy that makes it better for everyone else. I admire that. I mean that sincerely. But this is no control. I mean, the market is there's too many good running backs. Now, Josh Jacobs, to me, has overcome a lot in his in his stint with the Raiders, with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. You know, when they started out, they didn't want to sign him. they, They didn't even pick up his fifth year. I mean, he could be technically playing for his fifth year right now. They didn't pick it up Mm -hmm. because they were unsure of what they were getting. And he proved them wrong in the sense that what they expected, they got way more. And this kid's really good in the passing game. He's a better pass catcher and a better route runner than Saquon is. He's got skills in that game that I don't think we've seen to the level that he's capable of doing. His hands are incredible. So – you know, I think the Raiders obviously want to get him signed. You know, one of the things about running backs is there's a supply. You, you know, if we sign you to a three-year contract and we're locked in, okay, but these guys want longer terms. It's a little bit of a challenge. I think the Raiders certainly need him badly. He's a really good player, and I think he has a chance to ascend because of his skills in the passing game. Yeah, and he's a weapon, right, as you like to say, when a guy has that kind of yeah. dual ability at the position. And I liked what you said there about him in, because they didn't pick up the option. Last year, he proved all those guys wrong, led the league in rushing yards with over 1,600 on the ground. So um, I hope for his sake that they're able to come to some sort of an agreement here. Another headline that came, it's like we're, we're just dealing with, with Lombardi's background here. We go from the Raiders now to the New England Patriots. Um, we've got a few reports out there saying that the Patriots could be looking at a one-year deal worth $10 million 
for DeAndre Hopkins with bonuses that might elevate that deal up to 13. But when Belichick was outright asked if he's actually going to receive a visit this week from DeAndre Hopkins, he said, quote, talk to him, working through it. Not sure. Uh, Hopkins currently visiting the Titans, but kind of a, an interesting yeah. situation there in New England, potentially with D-Hop. I mean, does that sound like something the Patriots would do, a one-year contract at $10 million? I mean, that's not who they are. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster, you know. I mean, look, could they use another receiver? Yeah, but remember, what I think fans misconstrue all the time is they only look at the player. And NFL teams look at the player in the contract. And so this contract, you know, when you give a guy $10 million on a one-year deal that you basically prorate and void the deal on options, you're carrying a ton of depth with you, a ton of depth with you into the next season, which is not something the Patriots want to do. They will have the most cap room or at least one of the teams with the most cap room next year. That's something that they want because next year they can go to free agent. They can improve this young team and really take a giant step forward. So I think to me, I don't see this as something that they typically have done. They like Hopkins. Can they repair the relationship between Hopkins and Bill O'Brien? I would think so. However, that being said, how do you pay him all this money? And then you have to look at other guys on your team that have played well, and all of a sudden you give them a one-year contract. That's typically not what Belichick does. Yeah, Hopkins and O'Brien, a tumultuous ending to say the least in Houston, but played there for 2014 to 19 together, was a three-time first-team All-Pro in that offense with Bill O'Brien. The other question I had was just Belichick always harps on the importance of practice, and for a guy that... Yeah. notably doesn't really care for practice. That seemed like an interesting situation to me too. Yeah, and I think anytime a player starts to take visits, he doesn't have a market. That's just me. Okay. When guys start to get on airplanes, they don't want to get on airplanes. They, they want to be able to just get their contract, sign their name, and get going. When you got to get on an airplane and go somewhere, fly southwest into Nashville, and then fly up to Foxborough. And, 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 wait a minute, where, where, where's the market? <laughs> Well, I'll give you a tease. One of the three guys we just discussed is going to be stepping into your office a little bit later on in the show. We've also got some burning questions for a number of the teams undergoing mandatory minicamp this week. But first, Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata, stopping by the Lombardi line next. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a smarter sports better with a VSIN Pro subscription today for a limited time. We got you covered. All you got to do is sign up for $9.99. You'll get full access to everything we do, including daily pro picks on all the summer action that's got NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our team of top handicappers, industry experts, 24 7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out. It's our lowest intro price of the year. VSIN.com slash subscribe is where you can sign up today. Rolling along here on the Lombardi line as we welcome into the program Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. We missed you yesterday, Thomas, but I hope you had fun uh, for your son's birthday. What did you guys do? Oh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, thank you. We I had some uh, family over at the house. The kids got to uh, walk down to the beach, so they had a good time. So, yeah, everybody had a good time yesterday. Good. Happy to hear yeah, it. And the water's not too cold, Stormy. It was only 66 degrees, which is pretty good for June. So that's not bad. I mean, you know, usually, you know, it's it, it, it'll warm up a little later, but that wasn't too bad. 
There you go. Uh, TG, it was a busy weekend. We had the the French Open, the RBC Canadian uh, Open there in the PGA. We had, of course, the Belmont Stakes. So before we get into Game 5 of the NBA Finals coming up tonight, just recap the weekend for us and some of the big winners and losers for you guys. Yeah, well, I mean, the Belmont obviously was the highlight uh, for us on Saturday. Uh, Archangelo taking it, obviously uh, making history there with – uh, the first female trainer uh, to to ever win there. So um, big, big, just uh, tremendous job overall. And Javier Castellano uh, on board, who of course was the winning jockey in the Derby on Mage. So uh, Archangel came into that race uh, lightly raced, but was showing improvement and uh, and got the job done there. So uh, hats off to them. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, Djokovic and winning the French and yesterday the uh, the result here in the Canadian Open. What a finish that was, and what a celebration there on the uh, on the 18th green for uh, uh, had the first Canadian to win their national Open uh, in a long time. I think it was like 60 some years. So uh, uh, that was that was a nice yeah, thing to see. 1954. So congrats to to Nick Taylor there. Did you guys see Michael TG? Did you guys see Adam Hadwin? Um, getting decked by yeah, the security get... guard. Ah. Well, they, I just I just saw the guy throwing champagne on him. He got tackled too. I mean, security is tight up there. I mean, you, no one's getting near the golfers at the Canadian Open. TG. No, I mean that. Listen, that uh, that security officer I think has a uh, tryout today for uh, <laughs> probably uh, Detroit or somebody that's close by Canada. There are a few uh, defenses in the league that could use that kind of firepower you know what I'm saying uh great stuff though let's look ahead to a critical game five coming up tonight in the NBA finals 8 30 eastern time tip off on ABC and I don't know about you Thomas but it just kind of feels like the Nuggets are poised to close this thing out tonight then again every time you count out the heat they find a way to claw their way back in so what's your opinion and how are you seeing people bet this here so far yeah in game four you know, you saw the help that the Nuggets received from guys not named Jokic or Murray. You know, Aaron Gordon had 27 points. Bruce Brown had 21 off the bench. And most importantly, they, they took the punch from Miami in the fourth quarter. Jokic was on the bench due to having five fouls. They were up 10 when he went to the bench. When he came back, they were up nine. So the supporting cast stood up when Miami was playing with some desperation there to start the fourth. Uh, now, tonight, they can't take their foot off the gas here. I, they're back home in front of what will be a wild crowd looking for a championship to celebrate tonight. Nine-point favorites tonight. The total is 209-and-a-half. Uh, the 209s and even 208-and-a-halfs that were on the board there this morning, they're all gone now. This is the lowest total of the series thus far, but you are starting to see it tick up here a little bit. Uh, we actually just took a six-figure bet on the Nuggets laying the nine about an hour ago. Uh, so, um, But the early money here was on the heat. Uh, but right now, I mean, the game's getting heavily bet, and it should be heavily bet throughout the day. But, um, you know, I'm with you, Stormy. I think the Nuggets will probably uh, focus, get this done tonight. That's what Coach Malone has been preaching. Uh, they... They just need to get this, get the job done, and they're right on the uh, the brink. Yeah, you know, we were talking earlier in the show, TG, about our correlating the bet here. If you like Miami, 
that over should be in play. They're going to have to hit their threes. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to score more than their 94-point average in the loss. So, you know, if you like ball, if you like Miami to, to, to win or to cover, I think you got to think this game's got to get above 100, right? They're going to have to do something. And so you, you correlate the bet. What are your thoughts on that idea? No, it's probably the right move. Uh, I think if you're looking to to the parlay, the the total and the side, that's probably what you would need to look at is the heat and the over. Because to your point, uh, it's going to be whether the heat can come out and shoot some threes like they have uh, in the past in the playoffs. Uh, we, we've seen them struggle as of late uh, in this series. I don't know whether it's just the fatigue factor at this point. Uh, obviously now going back into Denver there, uh, tough place to play overall, um, physically demanding place. So it, it's going to be an up road, uh, uphill climb here for the heat tonight, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, they're going to have to get it done from the outside. And, you know, while Bam and, and Butler can do what they can do, they need other guys to step up here tonight, which has been the thing that's been lacking. I mean, Lowry did have a decent game there. Um, the other night, but they need the other guys to really step up here. Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata, joining us on the Lombardi line here. And, and one name we didn't mention, who I see Stadium Sham Sharania tweeting about right now, Tyler Hero for the Miami Heat could potentially make his return tonight. He's been upgraded to questionable, knowing that, as you said, Miami needs to be able to have success from range if they're going to be able to get in this game tonight. Does that move the needle for you at all if Hero could come back, or is the rust factor coming off of an injury um, make it kind of a moot point? Well, yeah, you have two things there. One, the rust factor, and then two, just the fact that they've gone through the playoffs without him in the lineup. How does he fit in? How do guys now see their role? How do guys' roles change uh, that they've been in now for a number of series? So, I think those are all concerns. Uh, you know, if Hero is ruled in, you might see a slight move there towards the heat uh, in the market. But uh, again, um, it's it's going to be interesting that they've played this entire, almost the entire playoffs here without him. And to have him come back here now when their back's against the wall, we'll, we'll see what he, what he can come up with. Obviously, he's a dynamic scorer, averaged over 20 during the uh, regular season. So it'd be nice to get the production from him. But uh, again, the rust, could be there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's just, you know, this is some plug and play. His conditioning, now I know it's a, a hand injury, so he can work on his conditioning, but still the rhythm, the feel, all those things. The good news, if you like uh, Denver to close it out tonight, you know, Scott Foster isn't refereeing TG, so the extender isn't <laughs> going to be there to extend. That's right. That's right. He certainly called a questionable uh, fifth foul in Jokic in the last game, so. Uh, no, it'll it'll be interesting. As far as um, where things sit on the, the series right now, with the number being as big it is, as it is for Denver, is anybody buying in on the, the Miami Heat to make history and, and come back in this set? No, it's pretty much uh, people are staying away from, uh, from the series future at this point with the way that the prices are. Nobody obviously wants to lay out the big money there for the Nuggets and not much faith here that the Heat are going to come back from a 3-1 deficit. Also, as we were just talking about Tyler Hero in the tweet from Sham Sharania, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN says that Hero will be in tonight. So um, we'll see if the shooting acumen is there and if the chemistry on the court will work out with Tyler Hero um, stepping into the lineup potentially. TG, awesome stuff. Really, really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, right, TG. Thank you, guys.
What do you think, Michael, about Tyler Hero coming in? I think it's so – I mean, it looks great on paper, right? Everything looks good on paper. We get Hero back. That'll make – but like TG said, it's hard to kind of get back into the flow. Conditioning does affect you. You know, sometimes guys with coming off of the injury, they're a little tentative. You know, they don't – you know, they don't want to – they don't want to kind of hurt themselves further. They don't play with recklessness. And this is a game where you're going to have to play with reckless abandonment. I mean, you're really going to. I, I think, you know, the way Kevin Love played, the way he was throwing his body around was really mm -hmm. important. I think they're going to need Miami's players to play like that. And it's kind of hard to do that when you're coming back. It's hard to fit in. What's your role and who's sitting down? You know, who are you taking out? Now, if he makes a couple and gets confident going, that's great. But what happens if he misses his mm -hmm. first two shots? Are you going to keep him out? there yeah it's it's kind of twofold right because that is definitely the expectation that that I have that all right it's, it's the last ditch effort to try to make something happen here but also maybe that is you know you need a little bit of a change up you need that injection of a new body of a, a different type of a thing to get you moving offensively maybe Tyler Hero is it again if you're just joining us Tyler Hero it appears will be in tonight's critical game five between the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat out there in Ball Arena we're gonna take another quick time out here but continue our NBA conversation with VSIN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel joins us next with his best bets. Don't go anywhere. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Critical Game 5 coming up tonight in the NBA Finals. And remember, BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Sign up using code VSIN and you'll receive a $1,000 back bonus even if you don't win your first bet. Enjoy BetMGM's wide variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player pops, and boosted odds specials during this championship series. Sign up today again with the bonus code VSIN. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and up only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. The Denver Nuggets 9-1 at home in Ball Arena this postseason. The lone loss to this Miami Heat team in game two alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni and here to help us break it all down. VSIN senior NBA analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, Jonathan Von Tobel and JVT. The news we just got in the last five to 10 minutes or so, Tyler Hero from Miami upgraded to questionable after fracturing that hand been out since game one against the Milwaukee Bucks. The expectation is if there's no setback for him ahead of the game, he will play. Does that do anything for us as betters? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think it probably affects the total a little bit here, Stormy. I wouldn't be surprised if it closed like 210, 210 and a half or a two and nine and a half consensus right now. Um, but it and maybe like there's a couple of eight and a halfs out there. Maybe we get bumped by a half point. We're starting to see some other spots do it right now. So maybe that's going to be the case. But look, Tyler Hero, he's a, a solid player. But I think there's a couple of things. First off, the uh, report that you mentioned slipped in there by Adrian Wojnarowski is he's just got to manage the discomfort. I don't know about you, uh, but if there's discomfort in my shooting hand as a basketball player, it might affect the way that I play. Um, the other side of it is the big issue for Miami outside of their abhorrent offense has been their equally abhorrent defense. Their defense has not been very good. Tyler Hero's not going to make that any better here against Denver. In fact, he's going to have a massive bullseye on his back the second he goes out there on a defensive possession because he's got that banged up hand because he's not a good defender. He's going to be in a lot of different pick and roll situations. He's going to be the center of a lot of actions for Denver when they're on offense. So. I think it lowers the floor for Miami on defense. It raises the floor for Miami on offense, thus kind of negating each other out. And for a game that's already heading toward the over, maybe we see a bump there. But I don't think if you thought one way or the other, I don't think I'm rushing to bet one thing or the other because Tyler Hero is going to make his debut. And the last point really quickly, not the greatest to have your first basketball game after all extended absence in altitude at Denver. That's a really tough thing to ask for a guy. I don't even know how big his role is going to be tonight. I, I agree, JVT. I mean, it's it's almost like a fan. You know, well, we're going to get Hero back. Like, well, if we get Hero back that was playing really well in February, that's great. But we're getting Hero back with no, with really limited conditioning. And as you mentioned, pain in his hand. I mean, yep. look, you can't numb his hand like typically would happen in a football game because you need feeling in your hands to shoot the ball with, you know, with touch and timing. I, I think this is a little bit of a far uh, wish. And I agree. To me, having been in the league, when a player's injured, you want to attack them. You want to go after them because, to me, that's really – they're weakened at that point, and Hero's not exactly the best defensive player. So I'm with you on that. It's way more media talk than I think it will show up on there. But I agree with you in terms of the over total. I can't imagine that, A, Denver, which had typically, what, was the fourth best team in three-point shooting all year. They, they've averaged – up until the last game, they were averaging about 32%. And I think Boston, you know, hasn't been shooting well. If you're betting the over, you're counting on Boston to shoot well tonight. Yeah, and so I think when you're looking at it from the from the game perspective, Michael, so the way that I've approached this the last couple of games, 
has been betting Denver's team total over as opposed to the game over, right? So you go back to Friday, one of the, like, I, I wrote about it today in the, in the article. The, the one thing that we know about the series, Denver's figured it out. Right On offense, they are averaging 119.5 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. Every single game, they have had an offensive rating of 118 or better, save for game one. And even in that game, they had an offensive rating of 130 in the first half, kind of fell off in the second half. They're now shooting nearly 40% from three in this series. That has kind of started to even out as well. Their half-court offensive rating, guys, has steadily gotten better as the series has gone along. It's now up to 108. That's elite. They are incredible in half-court settings here against Miami. And the other thing, the sneaky, quiet thing that happened on Friday, right, the zone defense that everybody wants to talk about, the Heat completely abandoned it on Friday. They didn't play a single possession of zone defense on Friday because Denver has figured it out. All they have done with that zone defense, Miami, is slow down the tempo. It has not cut into the efficiency. So I, I think I understand, Michael, where the market is going and pushing this thing over. It was 207 and a half. Remember, our first opening total for game one was 219. So we're, what, 11 and a half points off the opening number there. However, I'm not sure if Miami's got the horses to help you push that number over, right? You need two to tango unless they're going to have some outlier shooting performance. So that I, I've handled it is betting Denver team total over. Did it on Friday, did it again here today. And Friday's a really good example because Denver went over their team total, but the game stayed under. And I think we could get another similar situation here today. Here with Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN. Got a great article detailing that even more when it comes to the team total on VEASAN.com right now. You got a new episode of Hardwood Handicappers that's coming out today. Uh, I'm going to record the second I'm okay. done with you guys. Or yes. maybe not the second, but yeah, a couple minutes after. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Um, in terms of like Denver's offense, like you're talking about, Miami's really shown no resistance to Jokic or Jamal Murray. I feel like a lot of these different role players have had their moments. Only Michael Porter Jr. has really been kind of the dud of this series. His prop is 10 and a half tonight. Is this like the moment where, okay, he's due. He's got to go back to the 16 points per game or whatever it is. You're supposed to be the third best scorer on this team. Or is it just continue to fade Michael Porter Jr.? How do you view this prop? Well, I think you, you want to look over because remember Stormy, he actually went over his point total prop, but depending on where you got it, it actually opened 10 and a half in game four, closed at 11 and a half. He finished with 11. So he actually did go over this number in game four. And, and the credit to Michael Porter Jr. is that when you're watching him, you know, the, the MPJ of the past, and Michael Malone has talked about this, would kind of sulk a little bit more and not really do anything. But you could see he's he's not shying away from the shots that he's given in the flow of the offense. He's getting active and trying to get on the glass a little bit more. He is trying, and I think that's a really good thing here. And the shot attempts are still there for him. In game four, he had 10 shot attempts. They just weren't going down. And so to your point, Stormy, we're talking about buying low now. And a guy whose point total prop was well in the mid-teens is now down to 10 and a half. He's back at home where role players tend to play a little bit better, familiar shooting background. So you assume his shooting is up and he's still playing good minutes. He had uh, what, 23 minutes in game four. Uh, he still had more, you know, we were all talking about the dynamic with Christian Brown. It was a flash in the pan. Brown only played 15 minutes, had 1.1 rebound in game four. I would agree with you. Like you're just buying low here on Michael Porter Jr. And those who bought at the lowest point on Friday got over that number. And again, here today, we're talking about 10 and a half at home in a game. You know, he's going to start. I would say yes. Like, if there was any way to go, it's going to be go over once again with Michael Porter Jr. at that low number. And would you go under Aaron Gordon? Could he duplicate what he did the other night? Man, my guy. Uh, you know, Michael, I, I actually, I don't think so. Look, the, the one thing that Aaron Gordon has done extremely well in this series 
is that, you know, we'll use a football term, when his number's called, he does exactly what he's supposed to do. In transition yeah. opportunities, if there's a small guy on him, they'll put his rear end into his groin and take him all the way back down and then go up to the basket. He takes advantage of mismatches when they're there. He leads the break in transition. I, I And look at some of his production throughout this series. And if anything, Michael, not so much points. But if you want to go points and rebounds, points, rebounds, and assists, I mean, look at these stat lines from throughout the series. 27, 7, and 6, 11, 10, and 5, 12, 7, and 2, 16, and 6. Uh, he, and like he's been brilliant throughout this entire series. He knows what he's doing. So I would say if you don't want to go points, right, because I don't know if he's going to be draining threes the way that he was on Friday, at the very least, he's going to have the ball in his hands. He knows his role and what the opportunities are going to be. And I think that he's, he's been awesome throughout this entire series. I, I made up an award on Friday night when I was watching it with the illustrious Mitch Moss. I called it the low-key MVP. <laughs> and Aaron Gordon's been the low-key MVP for Denver throughout the series. He's been brilliant. Averaging 16.5 points per game, 7.5 boards, shooting 66.7% from the field here in the finals, coming off, of course, that 27-point game. As it pertains to our guy, Jimmy Butler, it seems like if the Heat are going to have success, you need to have one of those Jimmy Butler staple games. He has not looked himself at all this finals. We've seen the point production dip. We've seen a lot of numbers dip for him. Um, is he still injured? What's your feel for Jimmy Butler coming into this game? His point prop set at 26 and a half. Yeah, I think he is stormy. Like it just, it just kind of explains the dip in production, I think, with what we've seen from him. So like you could get a, a really good Jimmy Butler game. Maybe he's feeling it in a desperation spot and, and you get that. And again, I would also really stress it, anything pro Miami, you, you know, I think you very much want to look at over the total here because there's they're winning this game. They're covering, they're doing all those things with good offensive performances. Cause as we kind of covered, I don't think they're stopping Denver. So that would lead to if you believe in Miami today, I would look toward Jimmy Butler. But if I could really quickly, I'll offer you one more heat player. Kyle Lowry has gone over his point total prop in every single game in this series. They've only adjusted it by a point, and his minutes, Stormy, are going up every single game. 24, 26, 30, and then 33 last time out. He's been awesome. He is shooting 50% from the four, 43% from three, and he's starting to get starter minutes. I would look out for Kyle Lowry props again here today. He's getting the workload of a starter, but the points and the props and all those are still that of a bench player that just isn't the case. Yes or no, Nikolio gets triple-double plus 110? No. All right. Worth a try. Thanks, JVT. You're awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jamie. Good, talk to Good you guys job. <laughs> and make sure you check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. He's going to record it right now with Kelly Bidlin and Co. Um, that'll be wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you download it ahead of game five because that was just 10 minutes. You'll get a full 45 on every which way to bet game five coming up tonight. We're going to take a quick break. Hour two on the other side of the Lombardi line. We will get to some of the big stories in the NFL and NBA with Step Into My Office. Some people need to talk uh -oh. to Michael. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.